This is Church Alive's teaching of the week. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. The Lion King. You know, in my opinion, this is one of the greatest animated films of all time. It was released in 1994, and it was the highest grossing film that year. The movie earned two Oscars, one for Best Original Song and the other for Best Original Score. The Lion King takes place in Africa, and it tells the story of Simba, who is being prepared by his father, Mufasa, to secede the throne as the king of the Pride Lands. Now, here's a few fun facts for you. Pride is the term used for a lion's family unit, and Simba means lion in Swahili. So as with all interesting stories, you always have to have a problem. So Mufasa's brother, Simba's uncle Scar, is quite jealous, and he wants the throne for himself. In that opening scene, the young lion cub, Simba, is officially presented to the community. His father, Mufasa, and his mother, Sarabi, are there. But we discover later on that Uncle Scar is not at the presentation. If you'll notice in that scene, Rafiki the monkey anoints Simba's head and he is presented to the community. Now, let's check out Simba as he grows up. It's obvious from this scene that Mufasa is trying to raise his son to be wise. That he knows that one day he is going to fulfill his destiny as king. Simba looks up to his dad. That's pretty obvious. And he wants to be just like him. You know, we see in Proverbs 22, 6, it says, Direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. In parenting, one thing I've learned is that more is caught than taught. Fathers, your children are watching you. What do they see you doing? How do they see you behaving? You know, it is our job to shape our kids' identity as children of God. We have to direct their paths. And you know, it's our job. It's not the church's job. It's not the school's job. It's not the government's job. Everybody say, it's our job. Simba's father gave him limits. He told him not to go to the shadowy places, but he blatantly disobeys. When Simba goes to the elephant graveyard, he almost gets killed until Mufasa comes and rescues him. Now, the fifth commandment is pretty important. Honor your father and mother. And in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, it says, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. This is the first commandment 
with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. When the scene shifts to Scar's talk with Simba, I want you to notice Scar's tone. He's very convincing and he played upon Simba's desires and his weaknesses. First Peter 5.8 says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Scar represents evil. This encounter between Simba and his uncle reminds me of the serpent tempting Eve in the Garden of Eden. The serpent didn't make Eve eat. He merely planted that seed of doubt and then watched Eve follow her desires. You know, the devil, like Scar, is acquainted with our weaknesses. So it's important for us to put on the full armor of God. That's what Ephesians 6.11 says. It says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. That's why it's so important to have on that belt of truth, that breastplate of righteousness, those shoes of peace, that shield of faith, that helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. In that scripture, it says, so that, you know, you need to put on the full armor in order to be able to take your stand against the devil's schemes. It will be very hard for you to take a, scan, a stand if you do not have on that full armor. After the elephant graveyard, Scar ends up creating an alliance with the hyenas. And they create a plot to overthrow Mufasa and Simba. Let's watch. I just can't stand Scar. <laughs> you see, Scar, he knew that Mufasa loved his son and would selflessly place himself into danger in order to save him. Now, who does that remind you of? Our Heavenly Father sent Jesus to be our sacrifice so that we could be saved. You see, we no longer have to fear death or separation because of sin, because of what John 3.16 says. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. You can put your name there. For this is how God loved Regina. For this is how God loved. Put your name there. That's how much he loves you. He became a sacrifice for you. He took your place so that you could have freedom. You see, Jesus gives life. But what does Satan do? We know this. 
John 10, 10 says it. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's what he does. Scar is lurking at Simba's weakest moment as he is weeping over his dead father. He's quick to heap shame and whisper lies and then tell him to run away and never return. That is exactly what Satan does. You see, fear and shame are powerful motivators. And fear and shame can influence us. It can influence us to flee, to build walls, and to live isolated lives. Shame and fear follows a progression of hopelessness, despair, and death. But here's some good news. Ephesians 2 calls the devil the prince of the power of the air. Well, last time I checked, the air really doesn't have much power over you. So, neither does the devil. The only power that the devil has is what you give him. He's a liar. He is a liar, and we give him power any time that we fall for his lies. That's why we talked about that armor earlier. You've got to have on that belt of truth so you can come against those schemes of the enemy. So let's watch Simba as he discovers his true self. Simba grows up in the wilderness with Timon and Pumbaa. He was living what they call the Hakuna Matata life. Now, do you all remember what does Hakuna Matata mean? No worries. There you go. Y'all are about to start singing, aren't you? Yeah, you're probably already singing it in your head. Yes, it's a very, very catchy song, and it does. It means no worries, no troubles, no problems. There's a slight problem with that song, though. It's not really a great motto for life, because here's what it does. Hakuna Matata was Simba's response to his fear and his shame. And all it really accomplished was him ignoring the truth. While he was out in the wilderness, he was just kind of avoiding what he needed to actually do. So it wasn't until his friend Nala accidentally finds Simba that he begins to confront his true identity as king. And Rafiki later asks him, who are you? When Simba looks in the water, he saw his father. And Rafiki says, he lives in you. He lives in you. Well, your heavenly father created you in his image. He lives in you. You see, we have a choice. We can either run away from our destiny or embrace our royalty. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. 
You may not realize this, but there has been a scheme against you, every single one of you, your entire life. You may not have an Uncle Scar, but you have the devil that wants nothing more than to see you not fulfill the purpose, the plan, and the destiny that God has for you. You were created in the image of your Heavenly Father. Don't let anyone or any circumstance cause you to believe a lie. Simba makes a wise choice. He makes a wise decision and he returns to the pride lands and steps into his true calling. This is really reminiscent for me of Moses after he returns to Pharaoh from the wilderness. You remember he had killed the Egyptian and that's what caused him to flee out into the wilderness. But both Simba and Moses, they face their fears in order to deliver their people. Let's watch what happens next. When that lion goes up there and just roars like that, it, oh, it gets me every time. Now that Simba is filled with that truth of who he actually is, he has the courage to confront Scar and the lies that he has believed. He tells Scar everything that you ever told me was a lie. How many lies have we believed that maybe Satan has told us or maybe circumstances have caused us to latch on to a lie? Ironically, the Bible calls Satan the father of all lies. And Simba found courage in the approval of his father. Your heavenly father said to Jesus, and he's saying it to you today. This is my son whom I love and in whom I am well pleased. Before Jesus ever did his first miracle, before he ever died on the cross for our sins, God verbalized his approval of him. And this approval was not based on performance. God's approval of you is not based on what you have or have not done. He loves you. He is well pleased with you. He accepts you. And it's just because he loves you. He made you righteous through your acceptance of his free gift of salvation. It says that in Ephesians 2.8. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And it is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Did you deserve it? Did I deserve it? Absolutely not. Did we do anything to earn it? Absolutely not. It is a gift. It is a gift. And it is a gift that he extends to every single one of us. But it is out of Christ's acceptance of us 
that we can be as bold as a lion, as it says in Proverbs 28.1. Isn't it so cool how Simba goes right back to the same place where he was, he was presented as a young cub and he lets out that huge roar that just gives me goosebumps every single time. But you know, Jesus Christ, the Lion of Judah, he's already won the victory over sin and death and he will one day return. And he is going to restore all things and he is gonna take his people home. Isn't that exciting? So today, as we close, you may not have ever heard those words of approval from an earthly father, but I would just like to take this opportunity to declare some things over you today. I'd like you to bow your heads and I want you to imagine your heavenly father saying these things to you. Lord Jesus, Father God, we love you and we thank you for loving us. We thank you that even though the enemy has had a scheme against us and against our identity, against who you created us to be, that God, you have always fought for us. You have always accepted us and approved, Lord, of us. And you give us the free gift of salvation. And so to all the fathers here today in this room and watching online, I declare what your word says over them, that they are loved by God that they are accepted, they are approved, that they no longer have to work for approval. That Father God, you have created them as your child. You have created each of these men in your image. They are your workmanship. They are fearfully and wonderfully made for a specific purpose and a destiny, God, that you have for them. You have equipped them with different giftings and God, they are going to use those giftings within their homes, within their families and out in their communities, God. You have given each one of them a future and a hope. God, they have been redeemed. God, you have called each one of them by name. They have been blessed with every blessing in spirit, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, Father God. You have done this for them because you love them and they are your children. And God, I pray that if there is one in this room or watching online that does not have you as their Lord and Savior, God, I pray that you would make yourself manifest to them, that Father God, they would accept you, Lord, into their lives, that they would say, Father God, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I accept your free gift of salvation. And God, I pray for any fathers that are not represented here, because maybe they are not stepping into their calling to be the priest of their home. Maybe they don't bring their families to church, God. I, I just declare over them that they are gonna rise up. They are gonna rise up as those men that you created them to be. 
They are going to be those proud, strong fathers that, Lord, speak identity into their children, that love their wives, that support their wives, that, that God, the husband and the wife would operate in the biblical model of what marriage should look like. And that, God, they would just, Lord Jesus, raise those children up in the image of God, that they would direct their past, Lord, into what you have for them. That, God, we would be kingdom-minded. That we would seek, Lord, that our children would build your kingdom and our families would build your kingdom, Lord. So today, I speak a special blessing over every single father here watching online. Lord, raise up these fathers. Raise them up for such a time as this. God, we are hurting for fathers right now. Our society, our culture needs not just any father, but godly fathers. Let the ones in this room be those godly men, not just for their own families, but God, all those around them. You don't have to have your own child to be a father to someone else. Someone needs to hear that. And my prayer today is that each father here would remember who you were created to be. Remember. And that you would walk in the purpose that God has for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for listening to Church of Life's teaching of the week. We invite you to join us for the Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 a.m. or learn more at churchalive.net.